0: Out of all of this, I have birthed a podcast. I seriously can't believe it. This is like my dream, and my dream is to use all of what I've been through, all of the trauma, all of the bullshit that my life, all of the stuff that I've been through in my life, and turn my mess into a message. Hello, and welcome to the Healing and Dealing podcast I am your host, Charlotte, and I'm so excited to go on this journey with you through a trauma informed lens. We will navigate healing through conversation and connection while learning tools to embody our transformation and make lasting changes in our lives. We will cover relatable topics and discuss various modalities to put into action and ignite change. This podcast will have incredible guests who will share their story and provide proof that even in the darkest times, there is light waiting for us. If you landed here, it's for a reason. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Healing and Dealing. This first episode is going to be framed around my story, my journey, and what's brought me to the point I am today, I think it's really important that my listeners know my background, where I came from, because it's really going to help you understand my perspective and where I personally come from. And as your host, I think that's really important for you to know what type of person I am and what's made me who I am today. So I just want to preface this with that I'm going to talk about some traumatic events, some really heavy stuff that I experienced growing up. So, if that's not something that you're comfortable hearing, I totally understand. You can definitely just skip to the next episode. But to fully understand Charlotte, it's essential for you all to know the foundation of my life. And of course, I can't make this episode five hours long and tell you every single detail, but I'm definitely going to let you know the pivotal moments that shaped me and has led me on the journey to doing all the work that I've done on myself up to this point. This is my truth and my story and I'm not here to offend anyone or hurt anyone and I have asked permission from my family to share some intimate details that revolve around my life. I've come to a point in my life and have realized that all the trauma that I've been through has all been for a significant reason and it's all happened to me so I can have a voice and I can help others are going through similar situations or maybe have in the past. So as efficiently as I can, I'm going to get started. My parents divorced when I was about two years old, and I primarily lived with my mom. Throughout my early years, my mom was in several physical and emotionally abusive relationships. Unfortunately, my brother and I, who's five years older than me, had to witness a lot of domestic violence. And we had to learn coping mechanisms to protect ourselves in those situations mentally. It was extremely frightening as a young child to see your mom be hit or to not know if she's dead or alive because she was just strangled and she's passed out on the floor. My brother was such a huge support for me during those times. I can remember him pulling me in the back room of our trailer and just holding me and telling me everything was going to be okay. And we would just sit there and listen to the fighting and the yelling and the abuse towards my mom. I didn't know at the time that my mom was a drug addict and her drug of choice was crystal meth. So of course that played a huge role in the men that she picked and the relationships that she found herself in. So I would see my dad pretty much every other weekend. And that was really a fun time for me. Usually he lived on a ranch and I would take my friends with me and we would go exploring and have this fun, free lifestyle when we were there. But in the midst of it, my father was an alcoholic. He was the type of alcoholic that would binge drink. My mom tells me stories that when they were together, he would just be wasted for like days in a row. And I believe from what I've heard that that's really what ended their relationship was his drinking his heavy drinking and with that being said i still really loved going to his house it was always fun even though he was drinking i thought it was normal and what all adults did at that time and it was almost like an escape for me in a sense i didn't realize until i was in a therapy as an adult That I actually held a lot of resentment towards him for not rescuing me or seeing what was going on at my mom's house. And I mean, that's what any good father would do, right? They would get their child out of that situation. But for some reason, he kind of turned a blind eye to it. Maybe he didn't want the responsibility of raising me. I'm not really sure. But I have done a lot of healing work around that. And it's helped our relationship immensely. And I have found forgiveness in my heart for him. And he understands me better as well because I was able to voice that to him. So we moved around a lot when I was little. I went to a lot of different schools. And of course, that's hard on any child. It was just really unstable and unpredictable. And as we know and as we're learning, predictability and stability are so huge for a child, for their developmental, for the development of their brain, for their relationships, their attachment, and just for their growth and their confidence and trusting others that are close to them. When I was nine, my brother, who was 14 at the time, he started getting into like that young gang life and started running the streets, hanging out with the wrong crowd, smoking weed, and he ended up getting arrested when he was 14. He was sent to CYA, which is California Youth Authority, for three and a half years. This was freaking heartbreaking for my family. My big brother who was my only protector, the only person who understood my life and what I was living through was just gone and he wasn't coming back for a really long time. During that time I stood by my mom's side. I stayed really strong and I held it together even just being a nine-year-old little girl. I did it for her because she was falling apart. Her firstborn son was now, you know, at a prison for teenagers and she had no idea what was going on and it really just threw her through the loop. I remember being in the courtroom on the day he was sentenced and I wanted to let him out. I wanted to run over to him and give him a big hug and he had these shackles around his feet and he was handcuffed. And I just remember him looking so scared. And I just wanted to help him like immediately, but I couldn't. Sometimes I wonder if I should have even been there because I was so young and it was extremely traumatizing to see my big brother like that. But I was, and you know, it's a part of my story and it's really what helps me now understand children better when they go through traumatic events like that or adults who had to see things like that when they were younger so my mom and i would drive up to la every other weekend to go see him and it was like a mini family vacation those were my family vacations growing up driving up to see my brother in cya we would visit two days so we would stay the whole weekend And I loved it. I looked forward to it. That drive with my mom was always so much fun. We would sing songs and talk for hours and just really bond. And I feel like during that time, our attachment just grew and grew. And even though it was like a really terrible situation, we made the best of it. And we formed this incredible bond throughout all those hours of driving. I'm really, really grateful for that time with her. So at 11 years old, I received one of the worst phone calls of my life. My dad was in an altercation at his home, and he ended up getting arrested. And at that point, I hadn't talked to him in almost a year just because of the drinking. And I was getting a little bit older and didn't want to leave my friends and go to his house. My stepmom called me and told me that he was going to prison for seven years and my world just caved in. I, I couldn't believe I had already lost my brother to prison and now I'm losing my father to prison and it's going to be through critical years of my life, my teenage years, growing into a woman. I was going to lose out on that relationship. That was incredibly hard to deal with, as you can imagine. Um, I was able to go visit him a few times. He was really far away, so it was it took a lot of planning. But um, we wrote letters back and forth throughout the years, and I really enjoyed receiving like little gifts that he he would have his friends make for me, like out of sock yarn. They would make necklaces and you know really cool artwork. It was just some good memories throughout those years that I have. And I still hold on to those little keepsakes to this day. But he was released when I was 19. So I had already met my first husband. And I think it was like a month later, I got pregnant. So he got out and boom, he had a son-in-law and a grandchild. And ever since then, we've been, I guess you could say, working on our relationship. We've had A lot of ups and downs. Like I've literally had to work on boundaries with him more. Well, him and my brother, that's where I really learned boundaries. But with him, I had to place some pretty strong boundaries. And now I can say I'm 36 years old and we are finally in a good place. We are finally at peace. We've both said some really hurtful things to each other throughout the last like 10 years or so. But we have a good relationship now. I see him and, you know, he he's good with my husband. He's he loves his grandkids. And it's it's actually like full circle. I feel safe with him. I love him. I forgive him. So at about 12 years old, that's when I learned for myself that my mom was actually on drugs. I found meth in her purse sitting in the 99 cent store with my best friend I was we were we stayed in the car while my mom went inside and we we're just like looking for some change or something and we found meth I was in complete denial, complete shock. My friend was like that's drugs and I was like no way. My mom is not a drug addict. Like this this has to be someone else's. I just I couldn't believe it. But then Once that was in my brain, I started like looking at the things that she did and her behaviors, and I was like, wow, maybe she is. Like all the signs are there, and I I really couldn't deny it any longer. I didn't confront her right away. I mean, 12 is a really fragile age. I was really scared and nervous. And I really didn't want to see her in that light. I didn't want to accept it. And I knew once she knew that I knew that I would have to accept that it was real. It was just so painful to think of my mom as being a drug addict. I'd always seen people like that and thought like, oh my gosh, like how could they be like that? That's so wrong. And here I am, you know, a preteen and finding out that my mom is one of those people. It was very traumatic to say the least. Things just started to get so much worse with her at that time and just really toxic and I couldn't control my anger towards her anymore I couldn't hold it in I was like flooding out of me like a faucet because I had this information inside of me and and I hadn't let it out yet to her so I ended up writing her a 10-page letter and I remember I was sitting on the porch and she was in the bathroom and there was like a little bathroom window and I could hear her smoking the mess, and I was just crying and crying and crying and writing it all out, getting it all out, and it felt so good to release it, and I left it there for her to read, and after that, she knew that I knew, and she, for about three years after that, two to three years, she tried everything in her power to get clean. She had some really down times, like some really hard ones, but I could tell she was fighting for it. I knew she wanted it. I knew she wanted out of that life. It was just a matter of her matter of the right timing. When I was 16, my mom went to rehab and she's been clean ever since, you guys. She went to rehab at the Salvation Army and it changed her entire life. She She changed into this incredible woman that she already was. She already was amazing. People just love her. She was a bartender for many years, and she was just a magnet for people. Ask anyone who knows her, she is so special in so many different ways. But yeah, so she got clean. I was was 16, so about 2001, 2002, I want to say. So it's been a really long time. I'm so proud of her, and I just want to like give her all the love, and I want her to receive it because I know that had to have been so extremely hard for her, and she did it. After that, I moved out on my own as a 16-year-old. I got emancipated. I was working. I was still, you know, doing homeschool, trying to get that high school diploma. It was always super important to me, which kind of leads me into like how education was so important to me growing up. Even as a little girl, it, it was like the one thing I knew I had control over and I would just do my best. And I loved getting A's. I loved pleasing my teachers. It was, It's just the environment that I love to be in. I loved being in the classroom. Little side note, something funny about me is like when I was, I think I was like 10 or 11, I made my own chore chart. Like, I wanted structure so badly, I was going to figure out a way to get it no matter what. So, I remember like writing down all these different chores that I would have to do and the times they would have to be done and like the days that I would do certain things. And my, I remember my mom just being like, Why are you doing that? You don't have to do that. You do it all anyway. But I craved structure, I craved that predictability. And I was learning how to make it happen myself. So yeah, that was kind of like, it kind of leads into who I am today, how structured I am and for my kids and whatnot. But anyway, after I graduated high school, I met my first husband very young. I was 19, obviously came from a lot of trauma, a lot of daddy issues as people put it these days and he was someone that I looked at as a provider and I felt safe with him and I when I wanted something I would usually get it and I really for some reason wanted him and I mean out of that came my first son my first beautiful child he's now 16 so yeah I got married very young and then I was divorced pretty quickly quickly after that, right around 21, 22, we broke up. There was just like so much more healing I had to do before I could be in a marriage and actually love someone else. Cause I truly did not even love myself at that time. I was just like searching for validation, for approval, searching for worthiness and love. And, and it was just, it, it wasn't his fault. I was just in such I was still in that fight or flight, you know, make irrational decisions, just just all over the place. I I was so young and had so much more to learn. So that relationship ended. And shortly after that, I met my husband now, Henry, who you will be meeting hopefully in the next few episodes. We've been together for 13 years and it's been quite a ride, a lot of ups and downs, but mostly ups he is an incredible man. I couldn't be more thankful for who he is, who he is and how he loves me because he's truly taught me through how he loves me to love myself for who I am, which is I think really special and something I've just recently realized. I don't even think I've told him that yet, but his dedication to me and my and our family and his He's just like a rock. He's just always there and he's nice and steady and he he is so he's honest, he's trustworthy. I mean, all anything that I could ever want in a husband when it comes to characteristics, he has it. Of course, there's things that drive me crazy, like he cusses way too much and he has a bad habit of leaving the toilet seat up, you know, like all those Little things that irk us, but seriously, like I'm very, very blessed with my husband and I can't wait for all of you to meet him. So during our marriage, a lot of things happened. We met and then two years later, we decided to move in together. And one month after moving in together, his niece and nephew ended up going into the system. And we, he told me, you know, I'm going to get my niece and nephew. And I said, let's do it and it was on I went from one kid to five kids in like a matter of three months it was insane (laughs) but if anyone's going to do that type of thing it's Charlotte because I was just I felt ready for it I was ready to take on this new role as you know a mom to these four other children whose you know moms weren't able to be in their lives at that time and I was ready to take on loving them and providing safety for them and i knew what it felt like to feel how they felt and i knew that i had a different perspective and understanding that i could bring to them and hopefully love them as much as i can love them as much as they can accept if that makes sense give to them what they deserve they just they deserved a loving mother figure and i was dedicated to doing that. So yeah, we raised the five of them, my son, his two sons, and niece and nephew for many years. And then we decided to have our own child together. And that's little Miss Blue Valentine. She's seven now. And uh, my niece and nephew moved out a few years ago. So when Blue was born, my niece turned 18 and she ended up moving out. And then four years later, we ended up having our last baby. Very last, no more, we're done. He is definitely the icing on the cake and they always say like, you know when you've had your last one. So after Blue, I was like, maybe we'll have another one and I still kind of felt that tug. There's no tug anymore. Like kitchen is closed, we are finished and we both feel the same way, so that's great. (laughs) Our hands are very full. So yeah, we have five kids who we raise and take care of and it's a beautiful thing. I have to say that not just raising five beautiful kids together, I gained two sons, Nico and Cruz. They are now 19 and 21. Um, Their mom hasn't been in their life, and I've been so lucky and so blessed to call them my sons and to have them call me mom. It's like the greatest honor. I'm just filled with so much joy because I I was given these two beautiful boys, little boys at that time that really just wanted a mommy. And my heart was literally completely open to give them that. There was no hesitation. There was no nothing holding me back, no resistance. And the strangest thing is, you guys, there was no resistance on their end. They came to me with open arms. They asked their dad, can I call her mom? And he told them, well, she's doing what a mom does, right? And if you feel like you want to, yeah. And from that day forward, they called me mom. And so it's just a beautiful thing and and I can't wait for all of you to meet them as well. I plan on having all of my older kids on the podcast to kind of share their story of what it was like growing up in a blended family because there were a lot of things that we went through, a lot of sacrificing a lot of transitioning, a lot of just like really having to bend and mold to each other in ways that you just don't even think of if, you, if you're not in a blended family. So we will definitely dive into that more. We have so many stories and so many challenges that we overcame and I can't wait to share all of that with you as well. So while we were raising these five children, I got my bachelor's degree in communication And that was always such a dream of mine. Um, I honestly didn't even think I was going to graduate high school. And then I ended up going to Grossmont with a friend and just taking a few classes, stuff that I thought was fun and I would be interested in. And then by the time I knew it, I had an associate's degree. And the counselor was like, you can transfer to SDSU. Go ahead and apply. You know, if you, you live in San Diego, you have a pretty good shot of getting accepted. So I applied and I got in. I got my associates. It took me like seven years, you guys, like forever, right? But I did it. And then I got my bachelor's in three year, three or four years. And then I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get my master's degree. So I got my master's degree in educational counseling. And that was back in 2019, 2018. So yeah, I've got my master's. Woo hoo! That's like a huge accomplishment for me. I'm, you know, first generation high school graduate, first generation college. Super, super big in my family, and just to, for my kids to see me accomplish so much while raising a family and working, was really what would drive me every every day. You know, I'm doing this for you guys. This is this is what it looks like to work hard. Um, I wanted to model that for them, and I did. Now we'll kind of get into my healing journey and what's led me here to this beautiful podcast. Back in January of 2022, I was just really going through it. Like especially the months before that, I was I had so much turmoil inside of me, and I didn't know what to do with it. I just felt so negative all the time. I felt like everything just wasn't going my way. And I was exuding this energy. And of course, that's all I'm going to get back. If if I'm thinking nothing's going my way, everything sucks. Everyone around me sucks. Of course, nothing's going to go my way. Like that's not the way the universe works. So I started to like really dig into like how can I, what is going on inside of me? Why am I like this? What can I do to fix what's going on inside my my mind inside my heart, like I was just so tired of feeling the way that I felt. So I started to just dive in. I first started. I took a manifestation class with Natalie Schlute, which she will be joining us as well. Can't wait for you guys to hear from her. She's amazing. I took her manifestation course, and you guys, I learned so much. Um, I'm gonna go into that when she comes on the podcast. But that was just like the first pivotal moment where I was like, wow, I have so many limiting beliefs. I have so much trauma, so much childhood trauma. And I started looking into inner child healing. I started meditating, journaling. I was just like really going for it. But in the meantime, I was drinking and the drinking was something I've always done. You know, I started drinking super young at like 13, but At this point, it was becoming, it wasn't just for fun. It was becoming a coping mechanism. And I knew that it wasn't right. I knew that this was going to spiral into something worse if I didn't get a handle on it. And that's when I started learning about intuition. And my intuition was telling me to stop drinking over and over again. It was like yelling at me, literally. And I would just be like, oh, no, it's fine. Everyone drinks. And and this is like how the world works. And if I want to have fun, I need to drink, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you guys know that talk inside your head, right? And we're going to have a whole other podcast on that as well. But I just want to say during that time, I was drinking. And that's when I realized it was a problem, so soon after that, you know, I met with Natalie quite a few times and I kept telling her, like, I have this, I have something's telling me I need to stop drinking. That something biggers I have a bigger purpose and something inside of me is just like yearning to put it into alcohol being even an option in my life. And, and I don't, I don't want it anymore. And she gave me like all these great tools, but nothing was clicking yet. Nothing worked. Right. I was just like, get drunk one night the next day i'm never drinking again and then as soon as friday or saturday came i would drink again it was a it was a hamster wheel i was on after i finished that course i had such a better understanding of who i was and where i was going i was learning how to like get in touch with my higher self and really feel like myself at a higher vibration and everything just started to get better everything was getting better even like the slightest things were getting better waking up in the morning and just like not being angry was an improvement you guys like I was in a really bad place before just you know spending time with my kids and not getting frustrated at every little thing like my tolerance level was just a little bit bigger so like there was some improvement right I had like a good crack open at that point point. and then after that I continued to you know listen to a lot of podcasts I continued to read some books and I was really sober curious I really wanted to know like what would it be like if I removed alcohol from my life? Who would Charlotte be? And I would have never thought that alcohol would be such like a teetering factor for me, but once I actually did remove it, I had to literally get to know myself again. It was it's been quite an experience. I'm eight months alcohol free today, and I'm so happy and grateful for that. Um, and I can't wait to like share that fully with you on a separate podcast episode because it was it was quite a journey and I'm still on it, still going strong. But we'll just fast forward a little bit. I met with wonderful Melanie, which you are going to meet um, sometime soon. She is an intuitive reader. She's freaking amazing. Like she's just a bright light in my life and I love her to death. I met with her and she told me all these amazing things about myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, could all of this be true? Could I really be this bad bitch that she's telling me that I am? And all of these things just started like moving inside of me. Like, oh my gosh, I could do this. I could do that. And I really started working on my limiting beliefs and like, screw that. I don't have to be poor forever. Screw that. Like I have a voice. People people will want to hear me. And and I decided like to join two different programs. One of them was with Quantum Ripple Effect, which is a coaching certification. And the other one is with, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible at saying her last name, but her first name is Carolina. She's the author of the Euphoric Alcohol-Free book, um, which also had a huge part in changing my life. I joined both of those programs. Becoming embolded program was more about like finding your purpose after alcohol and really like looking at what drives you and what what you want to do with your life now that you're like getting to know yourself again. And then the QRE program, the coaching program was like learning the actual modalities to become a coach myself, like NLP, Reiki, clinical hypnotherapy, inner child healing, time techniques. So I'm still in that program. I'm going to be finished, I think in like six weeks, which is awesome. But out of all of this, I have birthed a podcast. I seriously can't believe it. This is like My dream and my dream is to use all of what I've been through, all of the trauma, all of the bullshit that my life, all of the stuff that I've been through in my life and turn it, turn my mess into a message. Right. I love that saying because I truly feel like we can go through these horrible, terrible times and we feel like there's no way out and this is going to be my life forever And then all of a sudden, like you just get cracked open and, and it's like, boom, something beautiful can come out of that. You, you, every time it's like a new layer sheds. That's how I felt throughout this whole process. Like I'm just shedding these layers of trauma. I'm shedding these layers of not being worthy. I'm shedding these layers of not feeling loved or lovable. And I'm just like blooming into this beautiful woman that I knew was always in there. I knew I was special from a very early age i'm not saying i'm like so special and everyone needs to worship me i'm just saying like i knew that i had something special to offer this world i just didn't know how to do it i didn't grow up in that type of lifestyle i didn't have people around me who made a lot of money and knew how to do certain things it's it's been from the ground up and that's why i think that this podcast is going to be so special because i've been through a lot of stuff and the people that i have come on here have They've been through a lot or they have like this beautiful message to give to you. And through that, I'm going to heal. You're going to heal. The guests are going to heal. It's, it's magical. Like this is exactly what I knew I've always wanted to do. Share my voice, share other people's voices, be in the space of receiving and giving because that's what it is. Like We're going to give to our listeners but i'm going to receive so much from this too i can't wait to hear my guest stories i can't wait to connect i can't wait to hear from you my listeners i i can't wait to make an impact and help others because even my mentor carolina said even if you're 10 steps ahead of someone you're 10 steps ahead of someone that's something to be said and you don't have to know it all you don't have to have it all figured out but if you've been there Someone's gonna want to hear it. Someone's gonna want to hear what you did to get through that difficult moment. And I feel like that's what this podcast is for. It's gonna give you tools to get through those difficult moments. It's gonna give you inspiration. You're gonna feel love. You're gonna feel heard. You're gonna feel understood. You're gonna feel stories that are gonna rock your world. You're gonna your your heart might break sometimes, but there's always gonna be light at the end. Don't forget that. So as you're listening, if you hear something that's sad or triggering or like, oh my gosh, like your your heart just hurts for this person, know that this person's on this podcast because they have a beautiful message at the end of that to give to you. And that is, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why this podcast is called Healing and Dealing, because we're healing Through all this conversation together, connection, and we're also dealing with these really hard things that happen that we don't have control over. But guess what? There are things that we can do to get through it safely. There's tons of different modalities I'm going to share with you. And it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be hard. I know there's going to be heavy moments, but this is what I'm meant to do. And I can't wait to share this with the world and really, like I said, make an impact. So to wrap this up, thank you so much for listening and hearing my vulnerability. And a lot of things that I talked about, I'm definitely going to be diving into deeper, especially about how I've gotten through them as an adult now and what techniques I've used and you know, really healing that trauma that's happened to me from a young age. And I probably left a bunch of stuff out, but that's okay. You guys are going to get to know me throughout each episode. So yeah, this was episode one. We did it. All right. I'll see you all on the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please leave me a review on iTunes, share it with your friends and tag me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at healinganddealing.podcast and by joining our Facebook group. Be sure to follow me for inspiration, tips, and exciting news about upcoming episodes. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one or have questions or comments about what you heard today, please email me at healinganddealing.podcast at gmail.com. Your support means the world to me. I'm so grateful to be sharing my voice and the voices of others with you. Now, let's keep healing and dealing. We'll see you in the next episode.